But I know we've got a special service, so I'm not going to preach too long. But I do have a word that I want to share to this church. So if you have your Bibles with you, 2 Kings chapter 6. I promise I won't go for over an hour and a half. Kidding. I'll be quick, I promise. I just feel like i got to share this word. Wonderful. See all the different colors and the beautiful outfits. Amazing. I, this is a, what we call a barong Tagalog in the Philippines. This is a, traditionally it was made of uh, pineapple fibers, but nowadays it's uh, made of linen. So that's why it's all crumpled. I, I, I did iron it this morning. Actually, somebody ironed it for me, but <laughs> praise God. Amen. And, and some of you Aussies, well, you know, well, just wear what you wear to church every Sunday, I guess. Praise the Lord. That's, that's Western attire. But I love Brother Greg's outfit with the koala and all very Australian. Second Kings chapter 6, verse number 1. If you would stand one more time for the reading of God's word. I got my timer on. And the sons of the prophets said unto Elisha, Behold, now the place... Where we dwell with you is too straight for us. It's too small. Elijah, we, we need to make some room. So let us go, we pray thee, unto Jordan, and take thence every man a beam, and let us make us a place there where we may dwell. And he answered, go ye. They were having revival. They were running out of room, a little bit like we were experiencing every Sunday here. So they said, we got to go make a bigger house. we got to make a bigger place. Now, I'm not about to prophesy about a new building because we just came off a building project. But let us make a place there where we may dwell. And he answered, go ye. And one said, be content, I pray thee, and go with thy servants. And he answered, I will go. So he went with them. The man of God went with them. And when they came to Jordan, they cut down wood. But as one was felling a beam, the axe head fell into the water, and he cried and said, Alas, Master, for it was borrowed. And the man of God said, Where fell it? And he showed him the place, and he cut down a stick and cast it in thither, and the iron did swim. Amen. Did you read that? It didn't say the iron floated. It said it swam. I don't know how the axe head grew flippers or feet and began to do breaststroke or freestyle. But the iron swam. Therefore, he said, take it up to thee. And he put out his hand and he took it. This is a seemingly uh, trivial kind of scenario. But I want to talk to you today about how to gain the cutting edge. How to gain the cutting edge. Would you pray one more time in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for what we've already experienced. We thank you for your presence. We ask you that your anointing would be in this house. We ask you, Lord, that you bless us. Lord God, that you would continue to minister to us. And that you'd speak to us through your servant. Anoint your servant and your people to the glory of God in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Why don't you give your neighbor a high five and tell him I got, I'm getting the cutting edge. Hallelujah. Glory to God.
It is interesting that this story is recorded in Scripture. And remember, as I often say, there are no throwaway lines in the Bible. But I like the idea, I like the mentality of these, these sons of the prophets. They realized that they were growing too much and they needed to make room. And so they said to the man of God, this is too small for us. We're growing. We need to make room. Amen. I think that's a good idea. I think that's a good kind of mentality to have is that as we grow, as we continue to fill this house, that we got to make room. Amen. We have two services and every second Sunday we have a third service. We have Fijian service. We also have a Mandarin service once a month. And I think that's good. We need to be making room for more people. Amen. Thank God for all the people that are in the house of God this morning and today. But I want you to understand that this is not the end. This is not it. We haven't reached the ceiling. There's far more that we've got to reach. Amen. That, that we could even be having five services on a Sunday. And yet, if there are still lost people out there, we still haven't done our job. Amen. Can I get a witness, somebody? Praise God. Amen. We ought to be always making room for more people. Amen. Every kindred, every nation, every tongue, it's wonderful to see all the different nationalities in this place. There were, the last time we counted, we had over 50 different nationalities as part of the membership of this church. But can I tell you, there are still over hundreds of different nationalities in this world. And God is using this church to reach as many people as we can. Amen. And so uh, I like what they said to him, the man of God. They said, well, we want to go and we're going to open up. We're going to start building a new building to fit more people. But we need you to go with us. Amen. We don't want to just do this thing on our own. We just don't want to rely on our own abilities. We don't want to just do it by ourselves. But we need you to go with us. Amen. Again, I, I believe this is a good idea. That no matter what it is that we do, regardless of the programs or the projects that we do, we need the power of God. We need the Spirit of Almighty God to go with us. Amen. Can I encourage somebody that no matter what it is in your life, whether it's a big decision to make, whether it's a big choice or to move somewhere or to do a new job, uh, go for a new job, always ask God for His direction and His will over your life. Amen. Because I believe that God is interested in us. I believe that God has a plan for our lives. He has a will for us, the Bible says. He has the acceptable and perfect will of God that he wants to unfold in our lives. Oh, thank God he hasn't left us to our own devices. Thank God that he hasn't left us alone. But he will go with us. Amen. And so the man of God goes with them. And as they begin to start felling the trees or cutting the trees with an axe, with an axe head. They are chopping away and all of a sudden this tragedy begins to take place and some way or somehow the axe head is loosened from the axe handle and it flies off. It flies off right into the Jordan River, into the water, and all of a sudden these men are in trouble because the axe head didn't even belong to them. 
And they knew that they couldn't proceed any further uh, with what they were doing because they needed the axe head in order to chop down the tree in order to be able to make an impact upon that tree. Amen. You can just imagine if, if, they, kept, if they continued to try and chop down the tree with just the axe handle without the axe head, can you imagine how long they would be standing there by the tree trunk and hitting and whacking with all of their energy and it would not be making one ounce of a difference with that tree. All it would be doing is just kind of bruising the tree a little bit. Uh, maybe they would make some progress if they were felling down some banana trees. You know, if they were back in the islands, uh, they could probably do enough damage on that banana tree but on a normal tree where they needed the wood to be able to build a house that that axe handle would be doing so little uh, progress in being able to fell down the tree amen I, I don't know if you've ever had that exercise it's a, it's a really good exercise you ch just chop some wood uh, taking down some some trees it, it's it's really difficult it's really tough but even more so uh, when you're trying to cut down the tree without an axe head with simply just the axe handle. Amen. Can I tell you folks, sometimes uh, life is like that. Sometimes even Christianity is like that. You know, you're making progress. You're, you're going through the motions and you're going through life. And all of a sudden the axe head flies off. All of a sudden, the wheels kind of come off. Uh, you're going good, and somehow uh, the marriage begins to fall apart. You think, what happened there? You know, it just seemed like it was overnight. Uh, everything seemed to be going well, and then the doctor gives you the report, and everything just seems to fall apart, and the report's not good, and, and you think you think you had that job forever, and then the, the boss says to you, come into my office, I need to talk to you, and all of a sudden, the security that you thought you had all of a sudden that was gone and everything somehow stops and halts and is hindered and it's not the same and you feel like these men perhaps who are trying to chop a tree down with simply the axe handle and not making any progress and you're, you're going through the motions and you're going through the same routine and yet there's no change, yet there's no difference, yet there's no progress. It doesn't seem to be making any difference in life. I'm going to church on Sunday and I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm trying to pray and I'm trying to read my Bible and yet it's not making any difference. Can I tell you here today, we need the axe head. We need the sharpness of the Holy Ghost. We need the Spirit of Almighty God. Hallelujah. Can I tell you here today, if you're trying to live your life without the power of God, if you're trying to walk this life without the Spirit of Almighty God, you're simply exercising in frustration in the same old without any making, pro making any progress. But hear me today. If you got the Holy Ghost, if you get the Spirit of God, dwelling inside of you I'm telling you he's going to help you he's going to empower you he's going to give you the strength and the wherewithal by which you can accomplish the purpose of God in your life what we need today folks brothers and sisters is the power of the Holy Ghost is the spirit of God 
Hallelujah. You'll have to excuse me. My voice is just about gone. Just came back from East Timor. Hallelujah. In the mountains of Timor, Leicester, a bunch of people, farmers coming together. The Spirit of God moved in that place. It's just a small church. But before we were through, four people received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm telling you, you need the sharpness. You need the cutting edge of the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. That's why we come into the body of Christ. We came out from the world. We've come from all kinds of backgrounds. From we were ex this and we were ex that. Ex alcoholics and ex thieves and ex drug addicts. But when we came into the house of God. When we came to know Jesus. And the Holy Spirit of God fills us. Oh, I'm telling you, we become new creatures. We become born again. That's why you're trying to fight that sin on your, on your own and all by yourself. You won't be able to do it. You try to live a godly life without the power of God. I'm sorry. It's not going to happen. But hear me. The weakest person in here today, the weakest and the most immature in here today with the power of God, you can overcome every sin. Hallelujah. Every sin of your life. Praise God. That, that's where God has taken us from. The Bible says he has made one blood, all nations. Amen. That means we came from every, every nation. We might have different skin color, different languages. But the Bible says we came from one blood. And even scientists have verified that we all share the same DNA to the same ancestor. This was a discovery many years ago. The scientists would go, man, we discovered this thing, that, that we are all from the same ancestor. And some said, well, it was from the same monkey. I said, oh, not me. Uh, your granddaddy may be a monkey, but <laughs> my, my forefather, his name is Adam. <laughs> Amen. He's my father. And can I tell you, it doesn't matter what nationality, what nation you're from, what country, what color your pigmentation of your skin is. We come from the same mother and father. We all came from Adam and Eve. That's why we have the same color blood. Praise God. That's why, you know, you see in the world all of this violence, all of this hatred that's created by, by the sense of tribalism, the sense of sectarian uh, segregation that separates people simply because of the color of their skin or they look different or they eat funky food. I know some of y'all, uh, somebody here, uh, the, 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 whole, the whole strata in the, in, the, in, the, uh, in the apartments they were living in wanted to kick them out because they were cooking this food that stunk. And for those people, it doesn't stink. That's, that's nice stuff. That smells good. We all came from, from and, and the violence that, that's happened in our world today, you know, uh, we're going to be praying for the team going to Sri Lanka this week. Uh, I, we, lived, we lived in Sri Lanka back in the 80s, and it was amazing. It was at the height of the civil war between, between the local Sinhalese, they call them Sinhalese, and the Tamils who were originally from India. And, and if you walked down the street, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference between a Sinhalese and a Tamil. But because they had a different language, they had a different uh, a culture, 
different religion. It created this tension that they wanted to, uh, wanted to have their own country in that small little island. And it created civil war for over 10 years, or maybe longer than 10 years. I used to love it as a kid in school because we would have, we would have curfews. We didn't have to go to school. Stay home. Of course, that was the days before internet. And all we had was VHSs back in the 80s. But it was amazing to me how that people that are so similar, yet they use one difference that would bring about, and of course, there's some political implications with it, but they use some of these cultural nuances, these differences. There's, a, there's so many differences with us, but you know, can I tell you, there are so many similarities. You just, you just trace the linguistic, the linguistic uh, origins. Like, you know, you look at the, the Pacific, the Polynesians, the, the, the mystery of the Polynesians, where do they come from, right? Nobody knows. They, they used to think they come from South America. They had they, those guys from, from Scandinavia. Remember, they took the Kentucky. Uh, they, they, but they said, no, that doesn't work. There's, there's the linguistic theory, right? Well, you look at, you look at in Samoan, uh, number five is what, Lima? In Fijian, it's Lima. In, in Filipino, guess what? It's five is Lima. We just pronounce it a little differently. In, in, in Indonesian, in Bahasa, five, guess what, is what? Lima. In Samoan, ten is Sepulu. In Indonesian, it's Sepulu. Coincidence? No. We're, we're all, you know, Indonesians are like smaller versions of Samoans, I think. They just... You, you, go, you go to some places in Indonesia, they look just like you guys. They look just like Samoans, honestly, Tongans, except smaller because they eat rice. They don't eat that taro. <laughs> they eat the rice to keep them small. But you trace it all the way, and then they're saying DNA testing is showing that the Polynesians are connected to the Taiwanese. I don't know. That's, that, that might just be YouTube science or bro science. I don't know. But let me tell you, we are all connected in some way. And sometimes these differences, these nuances between cultures can often get in the way and we can have misunderstandings. We can have arguments. We can have fights. But let me tell you, when you, when you come into the body of Christ, we become one. And there's a prevailing culture that, that supersedes every other culture. They say, well, well, I, I, I'm Croatian, you know, I'm Serbian, and, and, you know, this is the way we are. No, there, there's a prevailing culture above all of that. It's the culture of Jesus Christ. It's the love of God, the Bible says, that's been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. And here's what I come to tell you. What we need is a fresh baptism of God's love. What we need is a fresh baptism of compassion. Hallelujah. We need, you know, when Jesus saw, he saw the leprous man, the Bible says he was moved with compassion. Amen. Can I tell you, when you've got compassion in your heart, it doesn't matter what nationality they're from, regardless of what difference in culture they might be, you will be willing to step out and reach out to somebody. And I'm telling you, when you get the cutting edge, when you've got the Spirit of God dwelling inside of you, you will be able to reach out to somebody. Praise God. Hallelujah. I got to wrap this up. 
That's why there's so much violence today. I remember when I first came to Sydney, I was 16 years old, and it was the height of the gang warfare. You remember that? 1989, ni early 90s. So the guys had the blue bandanas. We're fighting against the guys with the red bandanas. And so I decided I'll have a purple bandana. <laughs> no, I just, I'm kidding. <laughs> and, and two groups of people were fighting. You know what's, 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 what's really remarkable? And, and, and here, here's what's powerful. Is this word, this word called empathy. Empathy is very simply a putting yourself in one's shoes, somebody else's shoes. Bishop Slack used to have a sign in his office. It said, never, never judge a man until you walk the mile in his moccasins. Anybody know what a moccasin is? It's, it's a Native American shoes made of leather and fur. And well, first of all, don't judge a man. <laughs> and, and, but I think that's a good idea is that we ought to be able to put ourselves in somebody's shoes. This is the difference between us and animals is that we have the capacity to transpose our thinking because, you know, we're so enclosed about our own lives. It's all about me. When am I going to eat? When am I going to get this? When am I going to get happiness? When am I going to get joy? And we become so consumed by, by the boundaries of our lives. But, but watch this. We as human beings have the capacity to take our thoughts, our minds, and put it in the place of somebody else and try to imagine how they must be feeling or what they must be going through. Amen. Animals can't do this. Only human beings have the capacity to transcend our own little experience, our own world that's limited by our wants and our needs. And we can start to imagine, sister, what can she be going through? What, what pain might be she under? What, what, what trouble could my brother be undergoing in his life? Before you judge anybody, before you discount anybody, try to use empathy to put yourself in their shoes. Oh, I've come to help some husbands and some wives today. You know why we have marital problems? You know why a couple's break up? It's because it's all about me. It's all about what I want. You know, the biggest, the reason, the biggest reason why couples divorce it's called uh, it's called personal demands i want it now i want my meal i want it hot and if it's not hot you're in trouble and the way that we talk to each other you go and do this you go and do that and we end up blowing up but if you can apply the same principle to your spouse to your husband to your wife and say what could they be going through before you slap them back figuratively because you don't uh, you should never slap anybody but before you hit back at them you ought to be able to place yourself in their shoes come on somebody hallelujah this is not 
This is not a relationship course. But can I tell you, if you practice this, if this becomes a discipline in your life where you put yourself in somebody else's shoes and before you get upset with them, before you get annoyed with your spouse, think about what they might have gone through throughout the day. And if both of you can do that and think of each other, oh, it's going to be a happy home. It won't be hell on earth. It's going to be heaven on earth. Hallelujah. So here's a little tip. When you come home from work, husbands, don't let the first thing that comes out of your mouth be something that's negative. I had a bad day. Oh, man, you should have seen the traffic. This guy. Make it a habit that if when you come home, that you got you to you be a little bit sort of, uh, <laughs> you got to be deliberate. You got to be intentional about this, but think about something good. Don't let the first conversation that you and your spouse have start off as something negative. Had a bad day. Yeah, sure. Hey, guess what? I didn't have a car crash today. That's good. <laughs> Man, you should have seen the burger I had today. The cheeseburger was the best. That's a little tip. Tip number two, have a date night every week. Go out. And I know ooh, uh, I'm coming against, I'm coming against some, some cultural, cultural nuances right now. Date night? What's he talking about? <laughs> These palangis, you know, they, they're always talking about stuff that... These pakias, you know, they, we're islanders. We don't do date night. <laughs> Filipinos like, date night? That's too expensive. <laughs> you, it, you don't have to go to a fancy restaurant. But I'm telling you, it'll do something for your relationship because when you get out of the rut of the kids, not that the kids are a rut, but if you get out of your regular routine, you get out of your weekly routine, it's just you and her, it's just you and your lover, well then, you know, you got time by yourself. You can look each other in the eye, whisper sweet nothings to each other. Uh, don't just think about the food. Talk to each other. Okay, I, I got to wrap this up. My sermon deteriorated. <laughs> I'm sick. So you'll have to excuse me. But, but here's what he did. Uh, musicians, you come. I give, give them hope that I'm finished. <laughs> Elisha said, where did you lose the axe head? He said, take me to the place where you lost it. And listen to me. If, wh where you lose your walk with God, you just go back to it. Go back. You've lost your prayer life? Get back to prayer. You've lost your, your, your spiritual community? Get back in the church. Let me tell you, I, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the church. I could not resist drugs and alcohol without me being transplanted. The Bible says you have to be a tree planted in the house of God. So if you're a tree planted by the rivers of, uh, of Jim Beam and, and, and Victoria Bitter and the pubs and the clubs, you've got to uproot your life, amen, and, and your, your, your roots have got to bring legs, and you've got to be planted in the house of God. Come on. You, you can prosper where you're planted. Hallelujah. Come on, someone. we got a little runner already. Hallelujah. They're over there. There he is. Hallelujah. 
you got to get back to where you lost it. He said, I, 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 don't know, I don't know where I fell off, Pastor. I don't know where I stopped reading my Bible. I don't know where I, I went back into it. Well, go back to, to prayer. Go back. Because God has always got open arms. You know what we ought to be in this church? You know, you create a culture in this church. It's a very multicultural church. But there is a culture that we want to create in this house. That it doesn't matter how many times somebody leaves God. Every time they come back, you don't, don't point a finger at them and say, hey, where you been? You know, yeah, yeah. No. Every time they come back, it's as if, I don't know, it's as if William and Kate came walking through the door. Oh, my God. Where have you been? Where have you been all of my life? That's the culture we want to create in this church. If somebody falls away because they fell into temptation, don't condemn them. Don't put them down. Just say, hey, you know, if they don't want to answer your phone call, that's okay. Just say, hey, bro, just want you to know, you know, uh, we're, we're always here for you, whatever you need. When I, let me tell you, when I, when I backslid, I didn't want to talk to anybody here. Somebody calling me, I'm not answering that phone. You, hear, you see their number? No thanks. There's nothing that you could do. Well, if somebody's going to leave this church, they're going to leave this church knowing that we love them with the love of Jesus. We've got no right to condemn anybody. We've got no right to judge anyone. I'm no better than, I'm no better than a drug addict that's on the street out there. I'm a sinner saved by the grace of God. The prevailing culture, it doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter how good you've been the last 20 years. You had the Holy Ghost 30 years. But the Holy Ghost is saying, I'm bringing my children back to a place where they can be loved, be cared for. Hallelujah. I want to close. Finally, he said, Elisha said, cut down the stick. Cut down the branch. The Bible calls Jesus the branch. He said, throw the branch in the water. And then that, that axe head, when he threw the branch in the water, it grew flippers. It started to do butterfly. I don't know what it was doing, but it swam to the surface. Put a little rotors on it. It began to swim. And right there, Elijah said, there you go. There's your miracle. Whatever you lost, you just put Jesus in the mix. And you can have it back. Hallelujah. Let's all stand. Glory to God. Would you lift your voices? The Spirit of God is here. The Spirit of the Lord is working in our hearts, in our lives. Maybe you're here and you've lost something. You've lost out with God. God is saying it's not too late. You can recover. You think, well, maybe I've spent my way, wasted my life spending on doing silly things. Let me tell you, if you're still alive here today, your life is not wasted. It's still be redeemed through the power of God. The Spirit of the Lord wants to fill you. He wants to give you the gift of the Holy Spirit. And this day, if you don't have this gift, God wants to give it to you more than you want it. But if there's a desire inside of you, 
There's a longing somewhere deep in your soul. Maybe, maybe it's been hidden in the recesses of, of one compartment in your heart. But if you're willing to open up that compartment and say, God, I want you to come into my heart, into my life. I promise you God will fill you with His Holy Spirit. He gave His life on the cross so that He can be reconciled to you. If God would do that, if He would go to that extent, how much more would He desire to give you the gift of the Holy Ghost? Hallelujah. I've got to stop. But the Spirit of God is still here wanting to do a great work in your life. I want to open this altar if you would like to come. Spend some time at this altar and say, Lord, I want to know you more. I want you to fill me with your spirit again. For it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. God will fill you with his Holy Spirit. You're saying, you know, I've been struggling for so long. I, I don't know if I can keep doing this Christian life. Give the Holy Spirit a try. Give God a try. Give your life to the Lord and His Spirit will empower you. He said you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost will come upon you. Hallelujah. If you've never given your life to Jesus, you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, I want you to know that this time is for you to respond to His Word. This altar is open. Why don't you come and spend some time with the Lord? Lift your voice to the Lord.